we've, I've got a handful of these, and, uh, and um, I'm just wanting to give them to the young men, all right? And so if you're a young man, uh, I want you to have one of these. It's, my wife has wrote this, and it's a uh, Little Builders. It's a Little builder series that she had started, and uh, we've got one other one, and it's called The uh, Best Cake Ever, and we've only gotten just like two or three copies and then our publisher, and we had this one published, had a publisher and all that, and they went bankrupt. And so we're, that's not the only copies we have. And so, but I've got, I've got just a couple of these, and I want you to have them, though, young men. This is the rewards of being responsible. Amen. Amen. We heard about a little bit of that last night. I hope, I hope that made sense last night. Amen. And Brother Pope said that. I looked at Miss Tammy. I said, I don't remember saying that. Did I say that? I didn't. That's good prayer. No, but, uh, but the responsibility. And so responsibility. And so you young men, uh, any young man, I've got just a handful. And so I want, I want the young men to have that. And also uh, I've got some of these CDs. I think you might have some. We didn't set up anything just because uh, I want to direct you to, your, to your bookstore there. And so you invest in your church. Amen. And so I have. Amen. We invested into that. And so, and so uh, we've got just a couple of these CDs, and I think there might be some in the bookstore. It's of this generation for Christ. It's myself and, and uh, Caleb Moore and Forrester Myers, and we made a CD for you. And, and, and go grab you one of them, all right? And young men, listen, I, I want some young men to have some of these. And so I've got just a couple here that I'm going to give some young men. And we need young men to sing, amen? Yeah. And, uh, and we need some young men to sing out. And uh, you say, well, it's not very manly to sing. Go stand up there and tell David that. Yeah. Amen. He was a poet. Ain't that something? He was a poet, a man after God's own heart. And uh, God directed him in, in, in song. Amen. He was a great songwriter. And so I've got, I've got some of these. If they're not back there, we're going to make sure they have some. Then also my family's got the CD. Uh, and I, they, I know they have some in there. So you can grab some of them. We've we made another one and uh, haven't got it back yet. But I want, uh, I want that to be available. My wife also has a book. We've got some of those. I think, said my, I think all you ladies, y'all bought like 100 or something. I don't know where y'all doing with them. And so eating them or something, I don't know what's, and so, uh, and so, but if you, listen, I, I would encourage, I would encourage every lady to have a copy of that book, and so, uh, and to read that and glean from that, not just because my wife wrote it, but because it's, it's good content, and you can sit down and delve through that, and take time going through that, and so uh, we do, we, Lord's, Lord's impressed upon us to do some other things, and so, and your pastor, amen, and so we're hoping to do some of those things uh, hoping to do some of those things in the near future. I've got just a couple books I want to mention here. Uh, the 21 Tenets of Biblical Femininity. I hit on that just a little while last night, and I'm, I, was, I was glad I did. I didn't have it wrote down, but the Lord allowed me to do that. And so uh, I've got, I've got, I don't have any of these. Uh, I've just got this one. But if a young lady wants that, I don't know how much, if, if, you don't have to give me that. If you want to, you can. Uh, if not, that's fine too. Just read it. People don't read anymore. And so, and so if, you can, if you'll read this, young ladies or somebody that works with young ladies, this will be a good book. Uh, and then there's also the 21 Tenets of Biblical Masculinity. And so I've got two or three copies, four copies of this, if, if anybody's interested. I, I've got this, I've got this, uh, and I'm just, I'm just trying to help you is what I'm trying to do. 
And so uh, mountain lessons, some of you guys like to hunt. Amen, that's good. But here's some mountain lessons. Uh, life lessons learned while hunting elk in the mountains of Montana. And so uh, this will help you. Amen. And so some of you men that like to hunt, and, uh, and uh, uh, if, you, if, you, if you want to look at this, also uh, the seven royal laws of courtship. Seven royal laws of courtship. This is neat. And uh, we, I, I started with young men. I read it and I signed it. Then I would hand it off to another young man, have him read it and sign it. If he didn't get back to me, I'd, I'd hound him on it. You know, where are you doing with that book? Where is that book? Well, I'm going to read it. No, you're going to read it now. Give it back to me or you owe me $10, you know. And so uh, this was good for young people, people that work with young people. And uh, can I tell you, the dating game has messed up a lot of folks. You know that? And uh, I'm not going to preach that, but it has. And we look at it as like, uh, that's, why, that's why, you know, divorce is high because this, the dating thing. And it just started in the last 60, 70 years, this dating thing. And so you, you go out with this one and, 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 and whatever. And then if you don't like them, hey, you just try another one, you know. And so, and now it's not even a big deal. But that, it is a big deal. And I believe the Bible covers every area of life. I believe that. And so, and so that's, that'll help you. That really will. And I'm just trying to help you. Here's a Stay in the Castle by Jerry Ross. And I've got a couple of these. I also, I have a, uh, I've got Stay in the Castle, and then I've got book one, two, three, and four. And so it's a, it's a series, kind of like my messages. Amen. And uh, Evan back here tells me how long I preach every night. That's encouraging. Amen. <laughs> And so I normally don't go like 40 minutes at the church, but it's been, I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes, right, Evan? Every, so, hey, man, that's good because I'm, I'm, I told him, I said, well, I'm cramming two-hour message in an hour and 20 minutes, praise God. Hey, man. And so, but if, anybody, if anybody's interested in this, young ladies, this Stay in the Castle series is wonderful. And maybe y'all could start doing that. I don't know. Uh, Brother Brandon's here somewhere. And so maybe you could, uh, hey, there it is. And so maybe you could read one and then, and then kind of pass it around. But this is, this is, I mean, this is good. This will help you. The teenage years of Jesus Christ. And uh, you say, preacher, there's not much to say about that. Well, there's not. Luke chapter number 2, verse number 52, or actually 49 through 52, uh, gives us an insight to him at about 12-year-old. Ain't that something? And he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. But here's, here's a whole lot of information. And so uh, was there a young man that would read this? Who's a young man that would read this? Promise me you read it. Who's a young man? Come get it right now. Come get it. If you hadn't read it, Nathan, you've read it, haven't you? Have you read it, Nathan? You hadn't read this? She, your mama says you had, Nathan. Who's a young man that will read this? Come up here and get it. If you'll read it, come get it right now. I mean, come get it right now. Young man, come get it. Come get it. Come get it. Come get it, young man. <laughs> Anybody read this? Amen. Look right here. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because he stepped out, praise God, you get a, you get a Mason's gift card. Amen. Amen. That'll teach some of y'all, bless God. <laughs> Mess with me. Amen. Amen. But that'll help you. Who's a young lady that would read that? I've got, this, this is my last copy. Any young lady that'll read that? Any young lady? Any young lady that can read? Come get it. If you're a young lady that'll read it, come get it. 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 Come get it, young lady. Come get it. Come get it. Hurry, I gotta preach. Praise God. Hurry. Hey man, here she comes. Guess what else I got in my pocket? Hey man, Mason. Y'all been to Masons down here? If you ain't, you need to go. Whew, man, that'll help you there. And so, uh, hey man. Y'all, I mean, nobody said, yeah, you been y'all need to go to Masons. That'll help you. Praise God. I got a banana split last time I went. That lady said, You won't eat all that. I said, <laughs> you won't say. Amen. Here's a teenager's guide to healthy relationships. And so I've got, I've got, I've got three of these. And uh, so if anybody, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll read them, uh, 
If you'll read them, take them and read them. Amen. If you want to give us something, you can, but you don't have to. I just want you to read it and, uh, because I know it'll help you. Amen. It'll help you. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's look in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter number 3. Good to see some friends here today. We love the nun girls, nun ladies now. Amen. And sisters. That don't go old, does it? The nun sisters. And uh, amen. She got 25 days. Amen. And then it won't be the nun girls anymore, nun sisters or daughters. or Ain't that something? So that's exciting. And so I'm just glad to be around them. They helped me tonight. And uh, I love them. I love their mom and daddy, Brother Kevin, Miss Jenny. Kevin's one of my dearest friends. And I was going to text him the other day because I didn't know if you wreck listening to a song, I don't know if that's covered under insurance or, <laughs> are y'all with me? Or like the song you're listening to. And they were that, I listened to that. He gave us a couple of CDs and that resurrection song came on and it happened. Praise God. That's why I was ready for it back here. I don't know. And that's one of them songs you think, all right, that's the climax. But then there's another climatical moment, you know, and you sit down after shouting and you're like, not again, you know, it's like, you know, I like that. But that's good stuff, isn't it? Amen. That'll help you. And I'm sure they've got some CDs uh, that'll help you. And if not, they do that back here in the bookstore. Amen. And that'll help you. It really will. You need to get some good music. Amen. You need to listen to some good preaching. You need to listen to some good music. And the Lord will help us. Well, we've had, a, we've had a good time this week. And the Lord's helped me. And I pray that you've been helped. And I am humorous. I really don't mean to. It just happens, you know. And uh, some of us are gifted. Like some of y'all don't have a humor bone in your body. I mean, <laughs> ain't that the truth? And some of you try to be funny, and it's not funny. <laughs> I've got friends like that. I'm thinking of one in particular, and my family knows who it is, and I love him. He's one of my dearest friends, but he tries to be funny, and I'm like, stop, man. Don't. <laughs> That's no, you know? And so I don't, but the Lord helps us. And I, so I pray you're grabbing hold of substance, and, uh, and it's sticking with you. And I do love you, and I want the best for your family. And the first night we looked at the relationship in the home. Keep that home close, amen? And keep that home tied. And I've been able to spend some time with my family this week, and uh, we've had a good time. Me and Elizabeth went and got some hog feed today and some gas, and we just talked about it the whole way. Amen, that's fun. But then uh, we looked at last night the responsibility in the home. Pull your weight, amen? That's why America's in the shape we're in. And so uh, responsibility's just been dropped. And so... Pull your weight, you know, and it don't matter if that's not your crayon. Pick it up. And uh, uh, initiative. We need to bring that word back, initiative. Take the initiative. And uh, so that'll help you. That'll help you. But I want to look at tonight, we've looked at the responsibility of the relationship, but I want to look at tonight the ruin of the home and uh, what's, a, what's a great uh, a great ruin. And this is, I'm not going to pinpoint anything really. And so I, I normally do that. I kind of, you know, nail it to the wall, but... Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm going, I, want, I want the Spirit to point things. I think he has this week. And I pray that tonight that he'll uh, point some things out in our life and uh, that we can work on and draw closer to him. Amen? Amen. I appreciate them songs they sang. I choose Christ. And you know, this life, this path, uh, you coming to church, that's a choice. And you choose. We chose. We chose this, uh, this way of, of uh, running our home. And what is it? Well, we hope that we can say it's the Bible way. That's what we're wanting to say. And that's what we're wanting to see. But this is a choice, and it's not cheap. I preached a message. I don't know how long it's been now, brother, over in the old building on uh, simple parenting in a sophisticated society. And uh, that's this, the only place I've ever preached that message was here. 
And it is, it, it, it's, the parenting is simple, but it's not easy. It's not. And so, uh, and I, I might dig that back out sometime and maybe do it again, but it's not cheap. It's not easy. And it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. And so that's what Tabitha told me today. She said, then that verse is saying, we shall reap if we faint not. And so if you've got a home, keep going. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not one of those things where you let your guard down. I'm talking about every relationship, even in the, the husband wife, you can't let your guard down. You can't go a day without acknowledging that that's your wife, you know, and that's your husband. Those are your children. And so, uh, but it's not, but I, I want to look here and I want to look here in 2 Samuel chapter number three and I'm going to read verse one. Then we're going to skip some verses, but the Bible says that you want to stand, you, you'll want to. And uh, we want to stand. And so this, I, I'm really trying to be short tonight. I really am. And so y'all pray for me. I'm, I'm, I'm working on that, praise God. And so here's what he says in chapter number three, verse number one. Now, now I love the life of David, don't you? That's amazing. Now there was a long war, he says, between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Verse number six. And it came to pass while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David that Abner made himself strong for the house of Saul. And Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Ai. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Wherefore hast thou gone in unto my father's concubine? And Abner uh, was very wroth for the words of Ishbosheth. And he said, Am I a dog's head? <laughs> which against Judah to show kindness this day into the house of Saul thy father, to his brethren, to his friends, and have not delivered thee into the hand of David that thou chargest me today with a fault concerning this woman. He's a little upset, don't you think? He said, I can't believe, listen, there's a man who was, who was Saul's, uh, he, was, he was his right-hand man. He was behind Saul. Now, Israel says charging him is, 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 is making an uh, 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 what's that word? Against, accusation against him. And he's kind of like, whoa, what do you mean? You know what I've done for this place. Look what he says in verse number nine. So do God to Abner and more also, except as the Lord has sworn to David, even so I do to him. To translate the kingdom from the house of Saul. Now here's what he's saying. I'm, I'm, choosing, I'm, choosing, to go, I'm choosing to go with David. It's a choice. And he says, and set up the throne of David. That's the first mention in your King James Bible of throne of David right there. Big deal because that throne is going to be the same throne that Christ is seated on. Amen. That's exciting, isn't it? You believe that? I believe that. He says this, up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan, even to Beersheba. Dan being up north, Beersheba being down south. And he could not answer Abner a word again because he was scared of him. He feared him. Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf saying, who is the lamb? Saying also, make thy league with me. Behold, my hand shall be with thee to bring about all Israel unto thee. And he said, well, I'll make a league with thee. But one thing I require of thee, that is thou shalt not see my face except thou bring, can I call her Michelle? Is that all right? Instead of Michael? Call her Michelle, Saul's daughter, when thou comest to see my face. And David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Deliver me my wife, Michelle, which I espoused to me, for an hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And Ishbosheth sent 
took her from her husband, even from Faltiel, the son of Laish. And her husband went with her along, weeping behind her to Bahurim. Then said Abner unto him, go return. He returned. Man, there's a lot of preaching this. I really will stop about three times right here. I'm trying. Y'all pray for me, amen. And Abner had, verse 17, and Abner had communication with the elders of Israel saying, here's what he told him. You sought for David in times past to be king over you. Now then do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines, now the hand of all their enemies. Abner also spake in the ears of Benjamin, and Abner went also to speak to David at Hebron. All that seemed good to Israel, and that seemed good to the whole house of Benjamin. And Abner came to David in Hebron, 20 men with him. David made Abner and the men that were with him a feast. Abner said to David, I will arise and go, and will gather all Israel unto the Lord, unto my Lord the king that they may make a league with thee, that thou mayest reign over all that thine heart desireth. And David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Let's pray. Lord, help us now. We need you. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Thank you so much. A couple things that's happened here. I'm sure you know the scripture. And uh, but a lot of times I say that because I've read it a thousand times, but you hadn't normally. That's whatever preacher does. Familiar scripture. We can say that in Hosea and nobody else know it. But here's what's happened. Chapter number one of 2 Samuel. Now there's the news that Saul has been killed. Hey, his death is kind of told there at the last of 1 Samuel. It's reported in the chapter one of 2 Samuel. And then we see in chapters number two uh, of this book that David is king in Judah. He reigned over Judah seven and a half years. And then if you'll, uh, let's look back here in chapter number, chapter number, uh, chapter number, uh, yes, chapter number two, verse number 11, the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. So he was there seven and a half years in Hebron, in Judah. And so Saul is off the scene. Saul was, uh, Saul was not David's enemy, but David was Saul's enemy. Now, ain't that something? And so a lot of times that'll happen. Somebody might be your enemy, but you're not their enemy. Or they're your enemy, but you're not their enemy. But I'm going to give you just a couple of things on, on, on this Abner. And I'm going somewhere with this. So you have to stay with me to see what's happening. But number one, I want you to see Abner's information. Here's a man who's, uh, who had, he knew this. He knew that God had strengthened David. Look with me in chapter number three and verse one. He says that there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. David waxed stronger and stronger. The house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Abner is with Saul at this time. Uh, he's in his army. He's backing him up. He's marching to the beat of his drum. He's against David. But while he is against him, listen, he had some information. And number one, his information was this, that God had given strength to David. That God was with David. That God was, was, was blessing David. Number two, he known this in chapter three and verses nine through 10. He knew that God had sworn things to David. Look what he says in verse nine. So do God to Abner more also except as the Lord has sworn to David, even so I do to him. To translate the kingdom from the house of Saul, to set up the throne of David over Israel uh, and over Judah from Dan to Beersheba. Listen, he knew that God's strength was with David. He knew that God had, had made a league, had made a covenant, had made a promise with David. Ain't that something? How would you like to be against somebody and you know that God's already promised they're going to win? Man, that's kind of like the world now. 
And they, listen, they know, they know that the Lord's come back. They know this is real, but they're still fighting against it. Ain't that something? And so this is where Abner's at. His information is this. He knew that God had strengthened David. He knew that God had sworn to David. But then lastly, he knew that God had spoke of David. Look at verse number 18. He said, do it for the Lord has spoken of David. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be one uh, that God speaks about. Amen. And here's a man who's against David, who's going against the armies of the true and living God. And his information is this. That man I'm against, God strengthened him. That man I'm against, God sworn to him some things. That man I'm against, God has spoke of him. And so that leads to this. His information led to his transformation. Number two, he made himself strong. Look at verse number, uh, chapter three and verse number six. It came to pass while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, that Abner made himself strong for the house of Saul. Man, you can read this. Look at chapter number two and verse number 17. There was a very sore battle that day and Abner was beaten and the men of, of Israel before the servants of David. He had warred against David. Ain't that something? He was totally against him. He even killed a fellow by the name of Asahel, who was David's nephew. You can read that in verse 23 of chapter number 2. And so he made himself strong. But look at his transformation in chapter number 3 and verse 21. Abner said unto David, I will arise, go, and will gather all of Israel unto the Lord, my, unto the, Lord the king, that they may make a league with thee, and that thou mayest reign over all that thine heart desireth. What did he say? He made himself a servant. Now at the end to the house of David. And so he went from being 100% with Saul and trying to be the best that he, don't you remember whenever you was there in the world? You wanted to be the, uh, the baddest and the biggest, uh, whatever it was in the world, you know? I wanted to be the, uh, the one that had the nicest car. And everybody, everybody acknowledged me for what I drove and for how I look. That's how people do in the world. We want to team up with the world and you want to, you want to be the best. Yeah. Hey man, you know how it was. But then whenever you got born again, man, there's a lot of change, isn't there? There's a great transformation. What led to your transformation? Here's what it was, the information that you knew. Listen, when you was against God, you knew there was a God in heaven, amen. And listen, you knew that he had strength and you knew that he had promised, he made some covenants, amen. And you knew, listen, you listen, you knew that that Jesus was the one everybody was speaking about. And so that led to yours and mine, transformation. Amen. As so we, we see this, we see his transformation. But then number three, that's my last point. Number three, we see Abner's proclamation. Look what he says here in verse number 17. Abner, he got these guys of Israel together, right? Israel and Judah are two different places. Now Judah, the south, Israel, the north. And, and he gets them together and he says, look, guys, here's what he says. Reminder of past seeking. Verse 17, you sought for David in times past to be king over you. Don't you remember when you wanted him? I mean, he's trying to talk these guys into this. You remember whenever you looked for David, you wanted a man like David? You want him to be your king? It was a reminder of past seeking. Look at the recommendation for present serving. Verse number 18, now then, do it. <laughs> I like that. Do it. You've wanted David. Who wouldn't want a king like David? Good. Now, listen, I want a leader. I want a leader in America. Amen. That's a man of God. I want a man I know that get a hold of God. Amen. I want a man, I want a man that, that's in love with the Lord. Amen. And so he's looking at him here and he's like, guys, 
You want David. You want a leader like him, and you sought for him before. Now's the time to get him. Amen. I pray God give us leaders in America that love God. Amen. Not just leaders in America, but leaders in our churches that love God. And leaders in our homes that love God. Listen, young ladies, young men, when you're seeking for somebody and it's time for, it's time for you to, uh, to, to be married, listen, you, you write down on a piece of paper what you're looking for in, in, in a spouse and don't sway off of it. Amen. I mean, right there, they need to be born again, praise God. And if you meet somebody and they ain't born again, that's, well, that went your will, Lord. Amen. And then, and then and they may be born again. Then they got to, they got to, bless God. Listen, ladies, they got to have a job. That's right. They got to have a, they got to, they got to be able to provide. Yeah, don't, don't even, don't even, don't even acknowledge a deadbeat. If he says, won't you give me a time of day? We're like, no, I ain't got no time. But you got a lot of it. You need to get a job. That's what you need to do right there. I mean, just go ahead and, I mean, just write down. I mean, before, before you even look for one, you know? you know? So that way, whenever you find one, there he is, you know? And so listen, but here's what he said. He said, you've been looking for a man like this. Now's the time. And now you know to get it. Now then do it. And so we see this recommendation for present servant. But now we see the regard for future salvation. Verse number 18, he said, by the hand of my servant, David. Are you with me? By the hand of my servant, David. This is what the Lord has said. I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines, now the hand of all their enemies. He says, hey, listen, I'm going to proclaim something here. You remember, you remember verse 17, you sought for David in time past, and here's a recommendation. Go get him. Make him your king, right? Because the Lord's already said that he's going to use David to save his people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Amen. Listen, if I already, if I already know if I'm going to play basketball and the seven-foot guy's there, I want to be on his team. Right. Amen. Because, listen, chances are very high we're going to win. Right? I, listen, I used, to, I used to love basketball. Man, I love basketball. I'd play so hard until I'd pass out. Ain't that something? I touched the rim one time, Michael. I'm telling everybody that, bro. I touched the rim one time, and it was, it was, like, it was exciting. Amen. Last time I ever done it, you know. But I, I used to, I would play so hard. Why? Because I, did, I didn't want to be on the losing team. I want to be on the winning side, praise God. And so if I've got word what winning side, which one's the winning, you, uh, you know who you pull for in the ball? You pull for who's winning. That's who you pull for. And so here's what Abner's saying. Look, you can't win unless David's on your side. You're going to lose unless you choose David. God's already said that David's going to win. And so we see this. But here, I want to give you this. We see, we see his transformation and his proclamation were a product of, number one, his information, his regard to truth. That's what it comes down to. That's just what I hit right there just for a minute on truth. On truth. And I would say I think that we've become all too familiar with and okay with hearing truth, seeing truth displayed, knowing truth, even liking truth, but turning away from truth. You can see something, you know it's right. God can show you something and you know you need to change in your life. But we've become so accustomed to just turning away from it. And that's sad. And that's sad. Listen, this is the last message I've got for this conference. I'm going to leave you with this simple truth. I believe that the greatest need in our homes is this, to acknowledge truth. 
and then to allow truth to transform us just like it did Abner. What made his transformation? What made him say, guys, here's our chance to have a king who's the real deal. I'm not with Russia. I don't like the way they do things. I don't. If you're listening live, I don't like the way they do things. I'm an American. I'm a patriot. I love America. Amen. And if you don't like it, I'll help to buy a ticket to fly you one way wherever you want to. Because I like it. I, I do. I love America. Amen. I like to, I like to go outside. And, and, and I, I, just, I want to shoot a gun sometimes just because I can. Amen. I, I want to get out after a curfew time and, and go get something to eat sometimes just because I can. Amen. I, I want to go, I, you know, in some countries you can't have but one or two youngs. Amen. I want to have another one, praise God, just because I can. Amen. And so, and so I love America. I love America. But I start looking. Y'all, don't lose me right here, but Putin over there in Russia, you know, whenever I see him and he's standing there with this big old gun like that, or he's out, he's, he's lifting weights or doing something, I'm like, man, Look at that fella. Praise God. And so you know what all the Russians are saying? That's our leader. That's our leader right there. He is. They acknowledge him and they see him. That's what kind of leader I want. But listen, uh, the only, only way we're going to have, a, we're gonna have a, 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 to be on the winning side is to acknowledge what side we're on. And we've got to be and better be on the side of truth. On truth, we're in a society today where most do not believe that there's an absolute truth. Most only believe there's a relevant truth. And I'm here to say this on the authority of God's word that there is absolute truth. There is there is a yes and there is a no. Amen. There's not much gray area at all. It's either right or it's wrong. Amen. And, and we become accustomed. I know I'm kind of toned down today, but we're we're too we're too uh, we're too uh, we're too comfortable with going against truth. I'm talking about in here. I'm talking about in the church house. I'm talking about here. So we're in a time, listen, that many see and hear so much untruth, lies, hypocrisy, wickedness, and pressure from the world that we stop at times and we have to say along with Pilate, what is truth? What is truth? What is true? And we fill our heads so many times with so much of the world that we don't even, when truth is in front of us, we don't even acknowledge it. He didn't even acknowledge Christ. But he asked him what is truth. I believe we narrowed it down and looked at what our subject is tonight, the ruin of the home, that we could identify the ruin of the home by the disregard or unbelief in and of truth. Truth is what it is. Let me give you this, three truths about truth (laughs) that these men in Israel were faced with and that our homes are faced with. I would say this. I've just got three real quick I want to give you. Number one, number one, three truths about truth that these men in Israel are faced with and that our homes are faced with. Number one, that they had ignored truth. <laughs> you know what side to choose. If you choose David, you're going to win. If you choose David, your country's going to win. Your family's going to win. The future's going to be pretty bright. But if you stay where you're at, it's not looking good. Amen. And you know what? They knew that. And so many times in our families, what do we do? We ignore truth. We know what we need to work on. We know there's a problem. And we ignore it. We turn away from it. 
They ignored truth. It could be this because there's a lack of knowledge. Maybe some didn't know. Maybe they were in the dark about this. And I believe that's where, this is where we're at a lot of times. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. And so maybe they were ignoring it because they had a lack of knowledge. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't know truth when it comes to the home. Maybe you've never been taught truth when it comes to the home. But don't let that be a reason why you're not searching for truth. And so some would say, preacher, I wouldn't raise this way. I wouldn't either. My wife wouldn't either. But that's not, a, we, we've used that too many times. Yeah. My youngins, I don't know what to do with them because I wouldn't raise that way. We were all born into sin. We've all got a nature that wants to sin and chooses sin. Hey man, don't use that as an excuse. Don't use it. Well, I wasn't taught, taught about courting. Well, I just thought it today, praise God. So get you and read on. I wasn't taught about, I wasn't taught about having a healthy relationship. I wasn't taught, I wasn't taught about responsibility. And I wasn't taught about, I wasn't taught about these things. I wasn't taught about a relationship and keeping the family tight. I wasn't taught that. Well, it's up to you to get a hold of it. So don't let this be, we, we, we're really good at, at making excuses. We, I mean, we, if, there's any, if there was an Olympic sport that we, need to, that we would probably do pretty good in, it's making excuses. Ain't that the truth? And so do y'all remember, I mean, the Lord even talked about it. Hey, bid them to come unto me. And they go to one man, he said, well, I, bought, I bought some land up in there. You know he talked like that, yeah. And I ain't even saying I need to go check that thing out. Really. Another fellow said, I bought a car. I got to go get it. Another man said, I would, but I mean, I, I just got married. And, you know, I mean, the Bible even talks about that. We're good at making excuses. But don't make excuses when it comes to truth. Amen. A lot of times it's, we have to say this, oh me, right? And listen, I, I, I want to live my best for the Lord, don't you? And so let's do this. Let's search the scriptures and gain knowledge and wisdom from his word. Man, whenever I, I search the scripture, I search this bread of life and, and the Holy Spirit of God, he illuminates this word. And I say, oh, I didn't know that. How many times we do that? Just say, oh, I didn't know that. No, no, stop right there. And then apply it. Don't ignore it. So I think this, the reason they didn't know was because they had ignored truth. And maybe because it was a lack of knowledge. Number two, maybe it's because it was a loss of concern. Maybe they just didn't care. Preacher, I know my home's in a mess, but I mean, isn't everybody? It'd be all right. We'll, we'll just get, listen, I've got one shot at this life here. And I don't want to endure the journey. I want to enjoy the journey. And I'm going to, amen. My daddy used to tell us at home, he says, I'm going to have peace here. One way or another, I'm going to have peace. Amen. And that's the way we need to be, praise God. I want to have peace through the rest of my life. But maybe they just had a loss of concern. And I think maybe this is where a lot of people are. They really don't care. But care for, care for self. Listen, listen, friend. Eternity's a long time not to care. Truth is going to last forever. Amen. We sing that song, glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on, amen. And so don't, don't, don't get there and don't have an I don't care attitude. Your decision to know and follow truth in your home is and will affect the whole home and those around you. You're not just hurting yourself by saying I don't care. 
You're hurting them little babies. You see a problem, fix it. You know, it's the parents, it's the parents' duty that whenever I see, I see my children struggling with something, that I help them overcome that. And I don't use that as an excuse of, well, that's just how they are. No, no, no. And I'm gonna tell you, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I wish every preacher would just be honest all the time. That's why. Why do we say that? Preacher Brian used to say that all the time. He's coming in two weeks. Man, I wish I could be here. I remember him saying that. Can I just be honest with you? Ms. April said, I wish you'd be honest with us all the time. Amen. <laughs> but a lot of times, you know what I see in my children that I need to, I say, man, that's a, that's a weakness of mine that they've kind of inherited. And that's a struggle that I'm dealing with now. And so I want them to overcome that at a young age. Oh, I mean, they inherit some good things, but some, some bad things too. And so I don't want to just look at them and say, well, that's their deal. Let them get over it. I had to. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm concerned. And I want to help them get through this. And listen, listen, it's a sad reality is this, that people see and understand that there are areas in life and, and in their home that's not truth. And they know it but they don't care. You say, a husband, do you, do you not realize that you and your wife have not like talked in a while? Yeah, whatever. No, not whatever. You see, what have you done? You've ignored truth. Hey, mom and daddy, don't you see that little Johnny's been locking himself in the, in, in the, in the bedroom every night about eight o'clock and you don't see him till the next morning? There's something going on there? Yeah, but that's how he is, you know. I know what you see whenever you're, you're, uh, you're, you're sitting down to family to eat at the table that there's, there's something weird going on. Yeah, but I mean, what do you do about it? You fix it. Amen. You're right. Amen. You don't just, I know it's different now, but you don't just, don't, don't ignore it. We just stop. Amen. My wife, God's given me a great wife. Y'all know that. The reason I am what I am today because because my wife and she's a godly lady. <laughs> she's a godly lady. And she's taught me a lot of this. And I'll say this, ladies, a lot of the home hinges on you. It really does. You're that keeper at home. You, you're, to, you're to guide the heart and guard the heart and guide it. Amen. And a lot hinges on you. But I've seen her time and time again. If one of the children are acting up, and she don't, she don't just, you know, Discipline them right there in front of everybody. She'll take them. Come on. She'll do. She'll come. Y'all didn't know it last night, but done that last night. Come on. I need to go talk to you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. And then talk to them. And really, and if I talk about this the way I talk and kid around a lot of times, y'all probably think I'm brutal. I'm not. I'm really. I'm. I'm the softest thing in the world. I really am. My babies know that. And by the time they're this big, we really don't have to discipline them anymore. Really. And so we try to get it as, as you know, you, you break a horse whenever he's, whenever he's a young one. And so by the time he's little, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, and you, can, you, can, you, can, you can spank a child and not discipline him or her. And so I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about, I am talking about if you see, a, if you see something that's not right, fix it. Fix it. David was very passive. David was very passive. If y'all know much about David and his life, he was a great king, but a sorry dad. I'm sorry, brother. He was a sorry dad. 
he had one son. It just went that way. His name started with an A. Uh, yeah, y'all look him up. And it said that David never questioned him. Never even, never. And it's right after that story of Amnon and Tamar that, at the end of that chapter. He says he never, he never, he never said, son, why are you doing this? And he had, he had his own boy rebel against it. Absalom. You want to talk about a passive daddy? That was David. Now me, listen, if I'm Absalom and my daddy's David, and I know that he just killed a giant whenever he was a boy with a slingshot, I ain't messing with him. I'm talking about Absalom was a hippie. Absolutely, friend. And he still, he said, my daddy's so passive that I'll just, I'll just watch this. I'll rebel against him. And so, Daddy, don't be, don't be passive. We talked about last night. Man up. If you see a problem, take care of it. Take care, I mean, but be gentle, praise God. Don't be a brute. Love them youngins. That's how we have to be. Let me, I'm trying to hurry. There's a loss of concern. Maybe they, maybe they ignored truth. Don't ignore it. And don't think somebody else will deal with it. It's your responsibility. Mamas, it's your responsibility. That, that marriage, the marriage between the husband and wife, if you see something going on there, it's y'all's responsibility to fix it. Amen. And if you don't know how to fix it, praise God, talk to your pastor. Amen. Don't ask Oprah. You know? So get help. It's on the home, aren't we? If there's a problem at home, you say, I don't know how to fix it. Swallow your pride and say, preacher, I need some help right here. Amen. I've had to do that. Daddy, preacher, I need, what do you do? You know, how do you do this? So don't ignore it. Number two, let me get this. Uh, three truths about truth these men in Israel were faced with and their homes were faced with. Number one, they ignored truth. Number two, they had to identify truth. Now, here's the big deal. You got to identify. And here's what I'm going to tell you. There is absolute truth. I feel like conference right now, but we're, we're at, listen, there is, and look at, look at little, little, little Susie, little Johnny say, look, there's absolute truth. Amen. And what is truth? God's word's truth. That is absolute truth. Amen. And his word, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the glory of his only begotten of God, of the father, full of grace and truth. And so what is truth? Jesus is truth. Amen. He said, I'm the way, and nobody followed him. He said, I'm the truth, they called him a liar. He said, I'm the life, and they killed him. Ain't that something? Don't ignore him. He's truth. Listen, truth has a name, it's Jesus. Thy word, he said, sanctifies through thy word. Thy word is truth. And so we've got, listen, we've got the blessed, we've got the blessed word of God. 59 countries in the world where this Bible is illegal. I'm talking about like you carry around heroin in America, this Bible is illegal. Now, it might not be too long. Heroin will probably be illegal for long or something, you know, in Colorado anyways, how they do out there, <laughs> New York or something. I'm talking about illegal. And so maybe they have a little bit of an excuse not to identify truth, but we don't. We don't have an excuse. And so we should, we should search God's word. It's God, what, what is absolute truth? It's God's word. It's God's way. That's truth. Amen. Yes, sir. And it's God's will. Can I tell you this? That God's will for your life and mine is to walk in truth. Yeah. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. 
That's your will. Preach, you know the will for my life. It is walking truth. Amen. Can I tell you, it's a, it's a wonderful, marvelous feeling to be able to live and to be able to live in a family where you have nothing to hide. Amen. 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 Nothing to hide. At any time, me and my wife, my, I don't even know where my wife's phone is. If y'all call her or text her, you're not doing any good. It, she don't know where it is. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> she don't know where it is, honestly. And so when they have to go somewhere, I'll tell one of the babies, hey, grab mama's phone. And so we'll get them at any time. There's no, there's no this is my phone deal, right? And this is, that's her phone. And she, there, there's none of that. There's none. See, two became one. Right? Two flesh became one. Two finances became one. This ain't a marriage conference, but that's the truth. That's my money, and this is my. No! No, 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 no. That's a problem. That's a problem. Hey, man, all my money's hers. Hey, man. And all hers is mine. Are you with me? Hey, man, brother, praise God. And all of it's the Lord's. And it takes every bit of it to live and raise five youngins. Hey, man. Hey, man, Brother Bush, he prays. He's living right now with 36%. Bless you, Lord. Good night and tomorrow morning. Hey, man. I'm talking about the identified truth. So there is absolute truth. But there was an announcer of truth here. And who was it? It was Abner. He was the voice of truth. So I just want to throw this in here. Thank God for the church. Who's the pillar and ground of the truth. And when you come in here, guess what? You should be able to say, I'm going to hear truth. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, you have no finer pastor than Brother Steve Pope. You have no finer pastor's wife than Miss Tammy Pope. And if I were you and you don't do this already, I'd go tonight by Dollar General. There's one before you get home. I know it. Probably two. Sometimes three, four. Amen. And And so buy you a notebook. Yes, a journal, an index card. And whenever he's preaching and he puts it up here on the thing, you you write down his points. Why? Because that's truth. And he is the, he's an Abner. And he's saying, look, you need this and I'm going to give it to you. And so he's giving you truth. Abner was this voice of truth. Your preacher is a voice of truth. Listen, if you're visiting, your pastor's not a voice for truth. Find another church. If he's wishy-washy, find another church. If he ain't got a backbone, find another church. If he ain't using the King James Bible, find another church. Amen. Amen. Had to throw that in there. But listen, because we ain't got no time for nothing that's not truth. I don't even read books that aren't real. What are they called? It messes me up. Fiction. That means it ain't real, right? Why don't they call it non-faction? That mess with you, don't it? I read a book one time. Y'all read that? In His Steps. That's where they got that, What Would Jesus Do? And I read that book. My preacher asked me to read it, so I read it. I read it and gave him a, yeah, this is a pretty good book. Preacher, I think we can give it out. And he said, okay. I I finished reading that book, and it said, it's it's not a real book. It made me mad. Because I read something that wasn't real. You know? It's kind of like getting one of them veggie burgers. I mean, you ain't a true vegetarian if you're trying to eat stuff that tastes like meat. Ain't that the truth? I mean, if I'm going to be vegetarian, I'm going to eat a celery burger. Ain't that the truth? I'm not going to get a Whopper and they call it Ultimate or something like that. I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want a tomato sandwich. You know, I don't even want it to taste like it. I mean, them people are hypocrites or what they are. You know? 
And so listen, it ain't no time. There ain't no time for you to go to church and, and not soak in what the preacher's saying. Amen. Because he stays up, and I know this, because I'm one. He stays up hours. Amen. And then some of y'all, listen, don't take for granted that every day, and I'm asking him why he's doing it every day. He does a countdown for courage. That's a lot. And then he'll come in and preach. I'm like, oh, he's going to preach today on something on that countdown for courage. Totally different. What's he doing? Every time he does that, he's feeding you truth. And he's giving you truth. And here, listen, at Calvary Baptist Church, you don't have to go looking for truth. It's here. Amen. Thank God you've got an announcer. Don't let it. If he does go anywhere, I'm going to make my youth pastor. Praise God, darn it, little elk. We might get coffee. Amen. Amen. Be good to him. Hey, some of you under his preaching, you were born again. Hey, some of you under his, under his counsel, your family was put back together. Hey, some of you was going to do something totally crazy with your life. And he talked you out of it. Hey, some of you, listen, hey, some of you don't even know it, but he was praying at the same time that you was getting ready to do something crazy. That's exactly right, friend. And, and, and God, the Holy Spirit, intervened. And you say, my preacher don't know it. He might not, but God said, you need to pray right here. That happens to me. God, wake you up with somebody on your mind. I'm like, what are you doing? You know? And so I'm telling for the sake of him, just be, act like he got sent so he can sleep. <laughs> you know? You think, well, I ain't bothering nobody. It's three o'clock. I can do what I want to. And God, the Holy Spirit's over there at your preacher's house going, hey, you need to pray. One of your little sheep about to fall in a hole. Who is it, Lord? Just pray. You need to pray for him. I don't even know how to pray. And the Spirit says, I'll pray for you. Just wake up. Amen. Why is that? Because God's put him as overseer to feed you truth. And you want to thank God for that. We get, we get just a couple free, free services. And if we do, you know where we go? Right here, brother. Because I know I'm guaranteed to get some truth. And I can eat and I can feel good. And when I leave, I can feel good. I, I've eaten truth. Don't take it. I'm talking about get you a pen, bro, and get you a piece of paper and write it down. Why? Because you got to identify truth. And here's what they had to do. They have to identify truth. There was an announcer of truth. Parents, you're the voice of truth in the home. Absolutely. Never wavering. You should stand on truth all the time. Don't try. What if your preacher was coming here and say, well, I know I've been saying this for a while, but we decided we're going to change. Huh? And you know, parents do that often. What do you do? You drop a standard. You drop, well, we're going to do this as a family, and all of a sudden you don't. And your kids are saying, what happened? What? Daddy gave? Mama gave? So parents, listen, you're a voice of truth in the home. Children need to know that there's truth. It's not relative or it's not dependent on the individual. There's absolute truth. And it's your, it's your duty. It's your duty to have them here. Amen. It's your duty to tell them at home whenever they say something or see something funny, you say, that's not right. Amen. And we do that our youngest. They can, you, you know, you can identify something that's not truth if you've been around truth. Everybody with me? You know how they identify uh, fake money? They don't study fake money. No, no, they, they feel and study and handle the real stuff. 
And so whenever a fake comes through, they say, and they're counting it out, wait a minute, that one don't feel right. And we've been in some churches, Brother Lou, and I'll be honest with you, my kids will say, Daddy, Daddy, if they ask us to come back and sing, is there any way we can not go there? That's the truth, Brother Nunn. Y'all been there. And there's some people that whenever they call, hey, can y'all come sing? And y'all pray for me right here. I don't know what to do. But I say, we're busy. And what are y'all busy doing? We got spaghetti we're eating that night. That's, that's all right, ain't it, brother? Because here's the reason why. I'm not going to subject my babies to some mess, Brother Pittman. I'm not. Yes. Amen. But I thank God for places. God, brother Pittman, we, got, we go down to Brother Pittman's church. Why? Because we're going to get truth. Amen. 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 There's some places you just, parents, you don't need to go. You need to stay away from. Why? Because it ain't real. Praise God. If you get a hold of something real, you need to stick with it. That's right. Amen. Amen. And identify it. My youngins can identify it, brother. Yeah. They can, I mean, you, you can bounce whenever you walk into the place. It's like, uh-oh, daddy. I'm like, it's all right, baby. Let's sing. One of y'all go throw up and we'll leave. <laughs> y'all pray for me right there. <laughs> Amen. Y'all pray for me. But you know I'm telling the truth. I'm trying to hurt. Evan, you messed me up tonight, brother. <laughs> he said he's going to set that clock back. We was at a place one time, and the fellow told me, he said, listen, if I had you come to my church and y'all were there, and I stood up and opened up another Bible, which there is none other gospel, that's what he said. And he said, what would you do? And I said, sir, out of, the, out of the most respect that I would, I said, I would get my babies up and we'd just walk out. And he, he, he started humiliating me in front of a whole group of people. And I was young in the faith, just had surrendered to preach. And, man, I didn't know what to do. You know, I felt like this moment. He had graduated from every cemetery that there was. Seminary. <laughs> that kills a lot of people, don't it? And I felt about this tall, honestly. And I thought, oh, no. And then I felt this. I was pushing down the flesh. I was like, don't, you know. And the Spirit of God said, I'll speak. Amen. And I said, I, I mean, I don't even know we had young as in. I said, let me tell you something. And that's all I remember. <laughs> I said, let me tell you something. I said, if I was more worried about what education I had, more than if I had a touch of God on my life, I'd probably go home. I said, because here's what he said over there in Romans. I said, he said that they were, they were, they were wise professing, professing themselves to be, and I put my arm around. He was sitting beside me, me and my wife and, and another young preacher and his wife. I said, the Bible says it's professing themselves to be wise. I said, what's the Bible say? You've been to all of them. You probably had to write papers on this. It says professing themselves to be wise, they became, he said, I, I said, well, my Bible says they became fools. Now, I said, I'll go ahead and tell you, I don't know a thing in the Bible, but I know what it's like to have a touch of God on me. Amen. He got up and slammed, a, slammed a, the, the chair underneath the table. Fire! He said, ladies, welcome to the ministry. He said, if y'all really knew me, I'd love you. And I said, sir, come here. He owned the place. I thought he was kick us out of there. I said, sir, come here. He came back over. I said, that's where you're wrong at. You see, I love you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I said that to say this. If you find truth, don't waver. 
If you don't know what to say, you still don't waver. But here, parents, listen, but here we are. Do we really need someone to identify the areas in our home that need specific attention? I know I got pretty specific, and that's good. So, some people need to do that, and, and sometimes it's good to do that. To be, don't, don't, don't just take uh, the broad picture, but now let's, let's point it out. We've done that this week, but we, do, we do, do we need to do that, or are we acting like it's not a big deal until it becomes a major deal? And we do that, man. We'll, we'll kind of brush it off until it blows up. Yeah, my wife, she, well, she's been sleeping on the, on the couch, preacher, uh, just, just last night. I don't know what to do. Do you do it then or do you say, well, she's been doing it for a week? That's all right. Until it becomes a major deal and she's on somebody else's couch or he's on somebody else's, you see? So do we, do we wait until it's a big deal? Here's the deal. If we're born again, the Spirit of God will do a work and he'll start revealing truth. That's what he said. He said, he said I'm going to give you the Spirit of truth and he will guide you into all truth. And that's his duty. And so while he's leading you into truth, he's revealing to you what's not truth by illuminating what is truth. But don't ignore him. Don't grieve his work. And we do that, don't we? And that's why it's called, we've seared that. He'll show us things in our, in our homes that we need to work on. Nobody has to say anything. There might have been things that God's pointed out to you this week, and I ain't even said anything about them. What was that? It was the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And so the preacher don't have to name it. You, you, what you have to do is this. Listen, we've got to identify truth. And there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but in the end there are the ways of death. So we got to be careful. Let me, I'm done. Here we go. Number next, they had to ignore truth. Number one, they had, they had to identify truth, and then they had to embrace truth. I love truth, don't you? And they had to, you can't love, you can't love, you can't love Jesus and not love truth. That's an oxymoron. You see, that's, that's a double something. You can't do that. They can't say, I, I, don't, I don't like water, but I like, you can't do that. You, if, you, if you love Jesus, you love truth. And you don't like wickedness, but they had to embrace truth. Here's what it was. And I'm, I'm trying to hurry. We're almost done. Number one, we see the priority of truth. And here's what he said. Look what he says. He says, now then do it. Listen, if God's shown you things in your home, when's the time to do it? Now. <laughs> now then. That's what he says. And you see what side you need to be on. And you see what's going to put you on the winning side. Now do it. <laughs> You've seen things in your family, and I wanted to do some things, but I, I didn't want to mess up this facility, brother. Honestly, that's what. And I didn't want to. There's things in your home that you need to get rid of. Right. Absolutely. And you say, I don't know what to do. Now do it. Amen. Make it a priority. Right. And say, well, whenever they get older, we might not need this in the home. Now do it. Amen. Right. If we get invited to places and they say, well, your kids can't come, we just don't go. Right. You're right. Now, nothing about it. Somebody, hey, we're having a wedding, but kids aren't invited. I appreciate it. Thank you. And it's nothing, I mean, nothing to get. But I'm just, in my mind, if my kids don't need to be there, I don't need to be there. What are you hiding? We don't want to show kids. Now, I do understand there's some things where we'll get, you know, adults together. I understand that. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying this. We've got to embrace truth. And hang on to it. And then making it a priority. It's sad you have to pressure people and persuade them to live truth. I mean, I mean, Jude. Jude said, earnestly contend for the faith. It's sad you got to tell people to fight for faith. 
It's sad to tell people to love you. You've got to tell men to love their wife. I mean, I love my wife. You don't have to tell me that. Right. Amen. I want to be with her. You don't have to tell me I need to be with her. Amen. I love my youngins. You don't have to tell me that. But they something. you got to look at them and say, listen, love your wife. And there's some ladies you got to look at and say, just trust your husband and follow him. And there's some youngins that you got. Well, youngins are different. <laughs> it's a sad, it's a sad, it's a sad time. And listen, listen, it's a sad to the priority of truth. It's sad you have to pressure people to see this. Abner had to inform, get this, and to enforce truth to the elders in Israel that David was the man for the position. That's pretty sad. They knew David. They knew he killed a giant and cut his head off. They knew God was with him. And he's like, hey, guys, don't y'all want him? I mean, you wouldn't, don't you? I mean, why don't we go get him? I mean, your preacher shouldn't have to tell you guys to love your wife. Your preacher shouldn't have to tell you to man up. But we're, we're there. You, you got to make truth a priority. When is the priority? Now! <laughs> and so I say, what in your home needs attention? What needs the Lord? Work on it now. Make truth priority. Number two, they had to embrace truth, uh, the priority of truth, but then the pressure of truth. Look what it says. Now then, do it. I'm going to pressure you today to live truth. Amen. Positive peer pressure is a great thing. I dare you to live for God. I dare you to love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Ladies, I dare you to submit to him. Children, I dare you to obey your parents to the Lord. This is right, you see? That's positive peer pressure. Sir, are you involved in a sin that can affect and ruin your home? Statistics are crazy high of men who are addicted to pornography. I know we're a mixed company now, so y'all hang with me. And that's a wicked sin from hell. Absolutely. And I dare say, listen, the statistics are so high that I know there's men in here that battle that. I don't know you. I'm only saying that because the statistics are crazy. I mean, just the other week came out, brother, that, that, that two men that I know fell into that stuff, lost their family, lost their, lost their ministry, lost everything. And so I'm saying, sir, that'll ruin you. Yes, sir. sir, you can't tame that beast. Sir, that'll ruin you. You need to get rid of it. Amen. And if it's a device that you're stuck on and that you're, and that you're seeing that, get rid of it. Amen. Get rid of it. Embrace truth, amen. Grab a hold of truth. If it's a lady that's a harlot, a Jezebel, who wears more makeup than a barn has paint on it, and she's showing you attention, you need to just go ahead and tell her, I love my wife. Amen. 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 That's, that's exactly right. Because that'll ruin your home. And so I'm pressuring you to do it now. Do it now. A dear friend that lost, lost just, he's got his family, but lost just a lost his testimony and everything. And his words were, I don't know how to get out of it. I can tell you how to get out of it. You, 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 you burn the bridge and you press on for the Lord. Amen. Embrace truth, fellas. Is there something? Is there something in your home? Is there something in your home you're hiding, ma'am? Are you living for the wrong reasons? Are you content with what God has given you? 
Why not allow truth to take over in your life? But preacher, I don't know when. Now, do it. It's that easy. That's what Nike said, just do it. Here's Bible that says, now then, do it. I don't know when I'm going, but when do I need to start living for God? I'm a young, there's a young family right here. And praise God, they're in the choir, preacher. They just got married at the end of 19. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for that family. Amen for that family. You know, a lot of people say, well, you don't need to do that. Why, why are you going to go listen to a thing on the home? Y'all just got married, you know? There's no, there's no young time to start. Amen. Do it now. Amen. Amen. Do it now. Amen. Parents, do your children need attention in areas that you, you know need attention? It's our responsibility to see those things and let's not, just not guard their heart, but also guide their heart. And I'm going to say this. If you've lost your kid's heart, get it back. Get it back. If it costs you everything you've got, get it back. If you've got to sell a whole safe of guns to get money to get, to get him and just fly to Alaska and do a hunting trip so you can just talk to him one-on-one -on -one and you get his heart back, get it back. If you've got to drive tonight across the country just to go talk to him, get it back. Get it. Don't lose the hearts of the children. Why? Because you can't guide their heart if you don't have their heart. You can't guard the heart if you don't have the heart. You've got to have their heart. Don't let anything come in between that. Don't let anything. I've got to hurry. Thank you all for listening. We've seen the priority of truth. We've seen the pressure of truth. But now I want you to look at the prize in truth. Look what he says in verse 18. Now then do it for the Lord has spoken of David, saying by the hand. Look at this. Look at this. Are you all looking? Look in your Bible. By the hand of my servant David. The Lord said this. By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people. Israel, out of the hand of the Philistines. Them Philistines were oh, aggravating, you know. David, I mean, he, he went right up into there and beat the Jebusites out of where they lived at and took over Jerusalem. And who, who's the first people to come up and try to fight him? Them, them, them drotted Philistines always on him. Who was, who, was, who was Goliath teamed up with? Philistines I tell you, you have some giants in your life that are never going to go away. You got to keep beating them. Amen. Amen. Let me give you this look. And then he said this, not just, he's not just going to deliver you and save you out of, out of, out of the hand of the Philistines, but he's going to save you out of the hand of all, all their enemies. And I'll tell you what the prize in truth is. The truth will prevail and truth will overcome all, all enemies. Amen. Truth, in the end, truth wins. Amen. And right now, truth wins. Wouldn't it be amazing if everybody just told the truth? I mean, that's something. They used to have people come up in court and they'd say, You, Solomon, swear to tell the truth, tell the truth, the whole truth. The reason I know that is because on Three Stooges. Y'all seen that? Huh? Raise your right hand. Put your left hand here. Raise your. Y'all seen that? You, Solomon, tell the truth, tell the truth. And we've got to do that. And we're at the day and a time where people will do that, put their hand on the Bible, and swear and still lie. I mean, wouldn't it be good they didn't even have to put their hand on nothing? They just say, I'm going to tell you the truth. The truth will prevail. Truth revealed, truth revealed but not followed is sin. I'm, 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 I'm knocking down now. The landing gear has came out. If you would return to your seats, put your seatbelts on. This could be a hard landing. Here it is. Faith without works is dead. 
without faith, it's impossible to please God. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you know that? Absolutely. And his rewards you can see. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me get this. So whatever is done without faith is sin. So when truth is revealed in your life or in your family, you act upon that truth and allow truth to transform you and your family. Amen. The prize is you're going to overcome your enemies. You're going to win. Family, you keep your home in truth, surrounded in truth. In the end, guess what you're going to have? You're going to have your family. You're still going to have your family. Here it is, and I'm done. What is it that God's shown us this week or has been showing your home in the last month even? And so are we making home a better place through God's word or are we ignoring it and overlooking what's been brought to light? That's the greatest sin is, is, is ignoring light and saying, no, Lord. And so I'm just saying tonight, don't do that. <laughs> and submit to truth. Major question is this in the homes. And here it is. Moms and daddies, <clears throat> do you know for certain, 100% sure that you've been born again? Because I'm going to be honest with you, if you're not born again, it's going to be impossible to raise a family the Bible way. You marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. Daddy, are you truly born again? Or did you just kind of get better because you met a good lady? And you've had to battle that. I'd go ahead and solidify that tonight. I'd choose Christ. Mama, do you know for sure there's been a change made in your life that Jesus Christ has changed your life? I'm going to tell you, if I didn't know, I'd, I'd swallow pride. Your babies are on the line. Daddy, Daddy, I said it last night when I was praying, but the man responsible for placing the blood, and we're, we're almost there on our Wednesdays, Brother Josh, the, the one who was responsible for placing blood whenever they come out of Egypt was the daddy. He was the one to sacrifice that lamb. He was the one to bleed out that lamb and to, and to smear its blood on the top of that door and on the side post. And if daddy didn't believe, huh, there's some daddies like that. And there might have been a mama that said, honey, if you don't believe, I do. And your whole home is just run off of one individual that really knows God. So here's what I'd do. I'd search your heart tonight and really recognize if you have been born again, if you're living in truth. You see, your home can't be governed by God if you don't have the Spirit of God in you and in the home. So I ask you that, children, do you know for sure that you've been born? Like there was an, there was, when I got saved, there was a drastic, dramatic change. Amen. I became a whole new creature. And do you know for sure, has there been a change made that has radically changed your way of thinking? And if there hadn't, I'd come be born again tonight. I'd come be born again. Parents, I'd pray earnestly for your children if you know they've never trusted the Lord. 
That should be the top of everything. And you should share the gospel and show the gospel to them every, every day. And let them see Jesus in you. Listen, the reason they are the way they are, it's because I don't know what's wrong with them. Maybe they're not born again. You see? So let's lead them to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Lord, we need you tonight. Lord, I believe with my whole heart all that's been said. And I pray that you'd help us. And Lord, could it be that the ruin of the home is because we're neglecting truth, because we're ignoring truth, we know things in our life that need to be worked on, but we're putting them behind. We're, we're looking over them. Lord, I pray today that some mamas and daddies would get it right. That some mamas and children would get it right. That daddies and children would get that children in the home would get it right. They wouldn't ignore, they wouldn't ignore the friction in the home. They wouldn't ignore the spirit of rebellion in the home. They wouldn't overlook it and say, well, they're at that age. That's what happens. No. No, there's a problem. Not overlook the home because it'll ruin us. Would you come tonight? There's some already praying. Would you come? This invitation's for you. Is there things in your life that you know shouldn't be there? Are there things there that you know you need help with? Listen, don't ignore it. Right now, there's something in your heart and your mind. Right now, and the Spirit of God's revealed it. Nobody else has said it. Nobody knows anything about it. But the Spirit of God's shown you something. And now it's up to you. You see, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anyone. He doesn't, he doesn't force you to choose him. And to choose truth, he doesn't do that. Why don't you come tonight and say, but I choose Christ. As the lady's saying, I choose Christ. Maybe you just want to get your family together and say, honey, listen. I mean, be real. I, tell them I'm a hard head. Honey, I'm sorry. I need you to forgive me. I don't want this to come in between us. I love you. Get them babies together. Let them know you're there. You're with them. You're going to be with them forever. Say, babies, I love you. Baby, I'm with you. God bless these. God bless these that are here. God bless these. God bless these. Listen, if you're sitting there and the Holy Spirit's revealed things. He's done his job. Now it's up to you. Now it's up to you. Mama, Daddy, are you sure that you're born again? You have the witness of the Spirit inside? I'd, I would swallow pride and be saved. 
If you're not born again, I'd come tonight. We got men here, ladies here that'll pray with you, love to show you the Lord Jesus and how to be saved. Would you come? Please? Would you come? Children, are you born again? Have you chose Christ? If there's never a time, I'd make it tonight. I'd be saved. Follow the leading of the Spirit of God. Would you come? Your preacher's coming. Would you come? Would you come? Tonight, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you would, please. And while folks are in the altar and others are coming, maybe tonight you just need to get your spouse or husband, wife, children by the hand. And maybe tonight on this Tuesday night at the conference, just maybe come down to this old-fashioned altar and just dedicate your family to God. I can't think of anything better. And some are doing that right now. Maybe tonight you just come and just dedicate your home to the Lord. You know, you know, this wouldn't be a bad idea. And you follow, you follow the Lord. But I'm going to tell you one thing we better do. We better start praying ahead around our homes. Satan's after our homes. Man, we we need some, we need, amen. We need some families. My wife and I, we got down here tonight and we prayed, oh God, protect our kids. Lord, help us not to stumble. A lot are falling out by the way. And I don't know who you are and don't know everything about what's going on in your life. And I know one thing, there's not one of us here tonight that are above it. And it doesn't matter if you're a preacher's kid or a deacon's kid or doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter if you've been in the church for a long, long time. Boy, there's a lot that are falling. And we need God's help. Man, more than we've ever needed God's help. We need God's help right now. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, if I die tonight, I'm going to be honest, as Brother Seth was preaching tonight, I'm not sure that if I were to die that I would go to heaven. I want to go. There's not a doubt about that. I want to go. I want that to be clear. I want to go. But I'm just not sure if I died that I would go to heaven. I'm not positive of it. If that's you, without anybody looking, without anybody looking, would you just slip your hand up tonight? You'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one like that here tonight? If you're watching the live stream right now, and we're so glad you're here. If you're watching the live stream, and you don't know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, I want you to do something right now. I want you to call that number on your screen. And we have somebody standing by right now. They're standing by the phone right now. They're waiting to take your call. And we would love, absolutely love, to take the Word of God and show you how you can know Christ as Savior. So please don't wait. Call that number right now. We want to help you. We want to pray with you. We're going to pause just for a moment. While Brother Abel plays, we'll sing in just a minute. 